Hi, I'm Jessica Lowe, and I'm a realtor. And I'm Jamie Knight, a mortgage loan advisor. We've been friends for years, and we're here to talk about all things real estate. Buying, selling, and maintaining your most valuable asset. Follow us to stay up to date on homeownership, tips, and market trends. You're at home with Jessica and Jamie. (laughs) We're always laughing when we start. (laughs) Okay, welcome back. Episode four. At some point, do you think I'm going to forget what episode we're on? There will come a time. There will come a time, and I probably won't keep (laughs) saying the episode, and we'll just know we have to push it out. All right, so welcome back. And hi, Jessica. How are you? Hi, Jamie. So we were talking, and it kind of something came up, and you know, an outline that we had prior to starting all this was talking about the buying and selling process. And then we started talking about, okay, what about pre-approval and having your offer stand out? And then that just led to a scenario that I just actually had. Mm -hmm. And just because like, oh, well, we got to talk about this. (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. So um, pre-approval. Well, how do you want to start? How should we start this? Well, okay. So I guess here's the the overview of today's episode, okay? So let's talk about preparing to write an offer and everything that you need. So you're gonna need a pre-approval. So Jamie's gonna talk about everything that's needed for a pre-approval and how to make that pre-approval nice and strong, getting all those documents in in a timely manner. And then I will talk about creating a winning offer because (laughs) it's just that kind of market that you need to be competitive. And most of the time, isn't a lot of back and forth with negotiations of, oh, well, it's been sitting on the market for three mm-hmm. months and I'm going to shoot them an offer and we'll see what they come back with. Not that kind of market right now. So there's a different strategy to writing an offer when you know that there's going to be five others on the table that the seller is considering. So let's talk about how to make your offer stand out. I like that. Yeah, because it is. It's one of those you got to get it from the get-go and know yeah. going in strong and knowing that it may not be yours still chosen. Um. So being prepared is key, which is yes. why the very first step needs to be your pre-approval. Yes. So with the pre-approval, it's funny because on my, any kind of thing I put, I'm like, no, before you go, <laughs> you know, your realtor will appreciate you, but it's really true. So um, there's a difference between a, preliminary pre and a pre-approval. I'm saying that kind of eh, like this, and this is why I say that. Um, I had someone reach out to me. I'm going to start with a scenario and then kind of say, okay, this is what you need. Well, actually, no, back up. I'm all over the place. Remember, I've got Martians. <laughs> got Martians in my but head. I, so. I love a good <laughs> real-world situation. Absolutely. It's like, hey, I just encountered this. Let's dive into it and talk about it. So here, here's the basics. Know before you go because your realtor, you need this because you've got to act fast. And so with us here at Homestead, you can we can turn around a pre-approval quickly, but you have to have your information. What is that? Most, I, and I, I don't want to say it, but a lot of people, W-2. So you've got to have your two months of bank statements and not just like, oh, the ending and beginning balance. It has to be the full statement. They got to see. All pages. All pages. They've got to see everything. Um, and then you've got to do your pay stubs. You've got to have your two years of W-2s. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I have a tickle. 
And then assets. And what do I mean by assets? Your down payment. Where's that coming from? Is it coming from savings? Is it coming from your 401k? Um, if it's in your savings, it has to have been in there, what they call seasoned for 60 days. Um, are you getting a gift? Guess what? That If it's a gift that's helping with the down payment, great. That also has to be seasoned as well. It, it has to, you have to show proof. And documented. And do, yeah, so that's the proof of, thank you, the big words today. I'm telling you, I'm slacking on the big words today, but documented. <laughs> okay, so the reason, and, and this is real quickly, your lender should be able to share all this with you and help you through it. Um, but it's something if it's, if you're thinking about buying, start gathering that information because what you don't want to do is all of a sudden, Hey, let's go look. We want to put an offer. Great. Call this lender real fast. And, um, that's why if you can get pre-approved, like I said, know before you go couple reasons, one, you know what you can look for, shop for, for lack of better words, you're not having your realtor, you're telling them, oh, we let's go look for you know two hundred fifty thousand dollar homes, when you can only get pre-approved for two hundred thousand. Like why, why do that? It's a waste of your time, and it sets you up I mean, for huge disappointments. Yes, because then you're looking in a, a market that you can't achieve. So then when you look at what you can't achieve right now, then it might be like you said that disappointment, and that's mm. what you don't want because there's plenty out there in your range. But just know, know so that you know what you're doing. Plus it's a waste of your realtor's time as well um, because they're showing you something that is not even gonna come to fruition. And that's the thing is everyone's time is valuable, right? And, and your agent will <coughs> tell you, let's say that you're pre-approved for 200,000. In this market, you need to be looking at houses that are listed for probably 175, 180 because odds are it's gonna go over asking yep. price. So you need to be able to go over that list price. So if you're maxed out at 200 and you're looking at, and you fall in love with a home that's listed for 200,000, you're gonna be sorely disappointed when you submit your offer for 200 and it you don't get it yeah. and it sells for 225 and it would have been impossible for you. So again, I don't like when my people are disappointed Oh, I no. don't want them to have a negative experience through the process. So again, proper expectations and knowing before you go yeah. is absolute key in making it um, an easier transaction for you and your agent. <laughs> Absolutely. And you, you said something that now, because it is a different market, like you said, but I, when people call and I talk to people or people refer to me and when I talk to them, I always say, okay, what's what's your max, you know, what's your payment look like? You know, we start, we kind of work backwards, really understanding what's your comfort level, working that out so that they know, but then I always say now, it's a different conversation, like you said. Okay, you're max at 200, all right, now, it's the same thing I tell them, okay, remember, you've gotta keep in mind your down payment. You've gotta keep in mind then that winning offer going over, cause it, you know, so it's like, and then it's one of those things that a lot of these people, Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, you've got to think about it because if you're looking, like you just said, so I'm not going to reiterate, but it's kind of making, you know, make sure you have that trust in your lender, your realtor to ask those questions so they're very transparent with you. So you are, we're setting you up for success. Well, and really and what we want is for you to have a good experience yes. and for you to be comfortable and confident in this transaction. 
neither your agent nor your loan advisor wants you to be house poor, no. wants you to be struggling, Gosh. wants you to be set up for failure. We want you to be comfortable and confident in whatever home that you choose, not only physically and loving your space, but financially as well. Yes, because we hit home about those things that come up as a homeowner. So, so the story that spun all this that kind of prompted this whole conversation is I had someone come to me and reach out to me and said, hey, you know, how quickly can you turn around a pre-approval? Because I've been waiting for like a week or so. I'm like, I can get it to you in hours. If not sooner, I just need these documents. So what we just discussed. And so, oh, okay, I was wondering why it took so long. Sent me all the information and then we asked for this stuff because we actually, when we pre-approve, we take what you tell us but then we need the proof of it to get you the pre-approval. That gives you that stronger offer. That makes sure that we are setting you up for success. So I said, okay, where the down, where's the down payment coming from? And you know, they told me, and I said, okay, so what about closing costs? Keep in mind, you're getting it, setting up escrow. Um, you've got, like you said, the, the inspection fees, you've got the realtor fee. I mean, there's, there's a lot title work, you know, there's all that goes in. And I always say, what if, what if the seller is not going to um, pay for some of your closing costs? Yeah, okay. which actually is not <coughs> common these days no. for seller paid closing costs. And that, so that's what I'm relaying to my clients. But I said, well, what if you had to pay closing costs? And I just, I didn't go into all what they are, but I said, if you had to pay, how much do you have? And when she told me, it was literally just the down payment. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, she had already gotten a pre-approval from somewhere else. We're gonna say pre-approval in quotation marks. Yes, you should see us, I'm doing it now. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. So I, I was very concerned as how, where the, how she got pre-approved for this. So I said, okay, got all the information and reviewing it. And then I asked some more questions and I said, well, what about, what, what about this? The closing costs? She goes, well, they never mentioned all that to me. And I said, okay. So then we sat down and broke down. All right, you've got your down payment, but then you've got the closing costs. Where's that money? Then I started sharing with her what she was hoping to get pre-approved for because she got pre-approved for a fair amount. She was hoping to get more. But then once we started talking about, I mean, I was knocking off 38,000 of what she was approved for and showed, okay, for example, this is what closing costs would be. You've got to collect the years of insurance, the years of taxes, you know, going into all of this, because most people escrow. Mm -hmm. um, there's some that don't, but most people do. And she, I mean, I wish I could share the text, but I'm not going to, <laughs> but it was just, I did not know that. And I, my heart sank because then I'm like, okay, she, there was no explanation here. So then I just dove in a little bit further and that when she came to realization, okay, they don't have that money. It's, it's not there. And so then that's when she said, okay, I think we need to wait, rent for a year. And so then we started talking about the place that she's in now. Is there another place that she can go? Can she still save money? Cause you know, it's gotta be seasoned that, that everything ha anyway, 
Um, <laughs> I just, I felt so bad because you could just see through her words, the heartache and disappointment because she was given a pre-approval and I had to tell her, okay, and she, they never explained that. And for me, I don't, I don't understand that. And I know you get that because right. you explain everything to your clients. Word to the wise is that not all lenders are the same. Not all are super transparent. Some will take just your answers off of a credit application and spit out a pre-approval that really isn't based on facts. So, you know, you could always, you know, if you're online and you do one of these big bank, you know, pre-approvals online, you could just type in, oh, you know, I make eh, X amount per year, sounds good. But there's a lot that goes into that when you actually submit your documents, of kind of what your expenses are, what's your car payment like? You know, all of these things that go into your ratios that could really alter that pre-approval uh, in a significant yes. way. And again, it sets you up for disappointment. I mean, just devastating. I mean, imagine being that person. I mean, that's what I just, I mean, I said, I will be with you every step of the way. We are working on improving credit too, since, you know, this time she can qualify for more. I mean, there, there's just so many things that we started working on and talking about, but to just that, and that's what we don't want to happen. So you've got to be smart about who you're talking to. Ask those questions. If you don't know, here's what I always say. You don't know what you don't know. Um, but that's where you're ask the people that do ask. Yeah. Ask people that do, or make sure your realtor or your lender, they're asking questions because if all of a sudden you submit something and they don't request any other documents from you and say, Oh, here's a pre-approval. I'm telling you right now that, I mean, red flag, because it's just setting you up for disappointment and it's, you don't want to face that because then you're going to look at home buying in such a different light. All right. And I don't like to talk bad about lenders. No. And, you know, the, these big bank lenders. But truly, <laughs> most of them don't care about the individual. It's a, you know, hey, let's get this application online. They spit something out. And then through the process, yes, they're going to email you and they're going to request these documents. But they're pushing out that very preliminary uh, pre-approval only just to kind of get you hooked. It's think of it as a sales tactic of like, hey, yeah, we'll give you this much money and dangle it. But once you actually are, hopefully it's before you're under contract, but worst case you're under contract based on this pre-approval. Yes. And I've had it happen right before loan commitment happens. The bank is calling saying, yeah, we can't do this loan. Sorry. Better I, luck next time. And really? Yes. It's, it's awful. It takes out that human piece, that kindness that we talk about, about put yourself in that person's shoes. You were that, you were that person at one time, or at least like for me, I was that home buyer, you know, and to just do that, I mean, I don't understand it. And I, yes, I won't talk bad. It's just, it's, I, I just don't understand it. And that's, I'll just leave it at that. But that's what you don't want to put, you know, you being in that position, how do you look at your person? Okay, let's let's quickly go ahead. Let's I have someone I or let's let's talk. We need to find someone that can not only get all this in, then close on time. Right, because I'm, then it's a mad dash to find a lender who has any kind of a special loan program for whatever the hang up is of why they didn't get pre-approved through the big bank. Yes. Um 
and and sometimes it's trying to find someone who just has a heart of gold who does maybe an in-house lending program which not very many do um just in the attempts of maybe refinancing later or you're gonna have to pay a big interest rate or you're gonna have to pay points or something but of course if you're gonna pay higher you know interest rates or points then that cuts into your amount that you can bring to closing yes it's it's a mess one way or another so i've had my poor little buyers call up their parents or a relative or whoever and say can you co-sign on this loan yeah and it really takes the steam out of you know the energy of this home buying process like it should be fun and great and then it's like oh i have to rely on somebody to help me out and, and it doesn't feel good no i think that might be a tip for us to maybe that might be a tip um all right so we could go on and on um, but yeah, if, if you're needing to find out more, you know, maybe you've got that pre-approval letter and now you're going, oh my gosh, am I really pre-approved or am I going to all of a sudden my realtors or my bank say, oh, I can't do this. And I say my bank just as a loose term, we're all lenders, we're all banks in, yeah. for quotes. Okay. So, um, but yeah, make sure kind of as you're shopping with your realtor and you're looking for that home. Maybe take a second look and find out, am I really pre-approved? If they did not request documents and you've got a letter in hand that you are shopping with, I would highly encourage you get those docs in and ask or find someone that's going to require that so that you really know what you're, what you're able to accomplish. And here's a, here's a question that I get a lot. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually, I know the answer to this, but since or the loan advisor, I'm going to throw it your way because you know the answer. <laughs> so the question I get a lot whenever I see a pre-approval letter come from one of these big banks and I ask the question, did you shop around? And they say, well, no, I don't want to have all these inquiries on my credit report. Oh, yes. And my answer is you still should shop around, but do you want to explain why? Yes, because bottom line, when it comes to your credit, when you're looking in the same industry, you have, I always say, let's just err on the side of caution 30 days. Some people will say 45. I always just say 30. Keep it in that one month bubble, so to speak. Um, Because I, you know, if someone says 45, yeah. Anyway, but when you're shopping in the same, um, like I said, industry, it's okay because they, they're they looking at it as, oh, they're looking around, they're shopping around. It's something that's kind of, let's say, ex- expected kind of. Um, and it's what you should do is shop yes. around. <clears throat> because not everyone, like you said, not everyone's the same. Just like you say, look and talk to realtors. Mm-hmm. Find the one that you mesh with that they're not all the same, different personalities. It, it, it's, it's everywhere. You always look around to find what's gonna work best for you because this is a huge investment You've got to trust who you're working with on all facets. And be open with these lenders that you're talking yes. to. Say, hey, I'm shopping around. Let them see what you're getting from other lenders. I mean, I know Jamie would be very open and honest to look yes. at an offer from another lender and see like, oh, maybe you have a better deal with this other person. Absolutely. Maybe not, but honesty is key here. And transparency. Absolutely. I mean, I, I will always say I will be transparent with you. Just keep the lines of communication open um, because what we find, and it's, like you said, it's different. Um, 
Because some people will say one thing and then when it gets to the end, it's something completely different. And then sometimes you feel stuck and you just have to move forward instead of, I mean, I encourage people when they say they're shopping around, I will say, okay, great. We can be a second opinion for you. Keep it going mm -hmm. till the end. It's not until you get to that closing disclosure, you're signing on that dotted line. Do you really see um, what's going on? And we have seen this happen where all of a sudden ours look pretty the same. And then someone else's is like, these numbers are all different. And again, that's not what you want. Um, so yes, shop around, be honest, um, be transparent. Um, but I will tell you this though, do not, I repeat, <laughs> do not shop around for a car. Do not shop around for uh, it, an RV. It's, I say that because someone said, hey, we're looking at our RV, love these clients. We're looking for an RV, but we're talking about refinancing. I'm like, hold on, don't do, do this after you refinance. Yes, we can turn around, close. we, now this is refinance, but in that case, we did that in a couple weeks and she was done. But this goes with everything. Purchasing, do not, do not. The minute you submit anything, you're getting that pre-approval, do not open a line of credit. I mean, this is unless it is absolute, like last case resort scenario. Don't don't keep putting stuff on your credit cards. No. Do I, not I mean, buy new furniture for your house you're no. moving into no. on credit. Do not do it. There's so many do nots. And if you're going, ooh, ooh, should I ask, ask, ask? Because I will probably tell you, the answer will always be no. Um, it will always say last resort. And I say that because if you already have lines of credit, let's say you already have it and you're putting stuff on a card and it's just normal, but, and you happen, say you happen to put some more stuff on there and then it goes over that 30% threshold, that starts them messing with, that's when it messes with your credit. And that's when you qualified for this. And now you're going and you're like, oh, well, you know, actually now we're at this, we're at this rate or we're at, so once you know what you're doing, do not, you, you start shopping around for the lender, do not shop around for anything else. And I mean nothing because that can all of a sudden, that could jeopardize your opportunity to purchase your home. And I'm pretty sure you didn't go to all that trouble to jeopardize that purchase. It's worth the wait. Focus I mean, on paying down anything that you may have. Yes, that can only oh, better. Yeah, only better your credit, but do not put anything on credit. Do not open a new line of credit. Don't make it any other inquiries except with mortgage companies. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's the once you start hopping around is when that will jeopardize everything for you. So no, yes, look around, make it within that no, and that's again, don't just leisurely, and I say this, I before I do anything, I always ask, because they, you know, some people, hey, what are, what are the rates right now? Uh, you know what, I could tell you it's in the low twos and then tomorrow it can be in the high threes. Mm -hmm. It's It can go up, down, all around. The thing is, is I always say, when are you, are you ready to commit now? Like, are you ready to take this paper and go shop? Yes, great, let's move forward. I will tell people if you are not, because then you only have amount of time yeah, to, you got to do this all over. Then again. you got to do it all over again. So I always say, you know, are you are you really just looking just to see? Mm -hmm. You be committed and be ready, um, because then you can shop around with that that time. What you don't want to do is okay. I'll look here and then no, I'll wait. And then next month you do it again, and you have someone else look at it. Oh, I'll wait. Then you start running into yeah, because those inquiries every couple months 
they build up. Yeah. And that's a, that's a little point reduction every time. Yeah. So no, again, be ready. If you're committed, mm-hmm. go all in and be ready. Now, once you do that, that does not mean you have to buy that house within 30 days. It just gives you that window. I, what are you, like 90 days sometimes, you know, but it gives you that time to, and that buys time so that if you do not find a home within that window, then we can pull it again and then go again. Not a worry there. It's just doing it hit or miss, shopping around every other month or something like that. That's not going to be good. Um, Which again, we can go on and on about this, but let's segue again. If you have more questions, we can go into detail. We can we can definitely yeah. talk about this more, but let's get to. Actually, do you want to do like a quick recap of like documents to have, go ahead and start getting together as you're getting ready to buy? If you just want to like a yes. rundown. Yes. Okay. Quick so list. great. See, this is why she keeps me on track, people. She keeps <laughs> me on track. Um, you're going to know the smart one in the group. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. So you are getting that pre approval. You want to send in, and I'm going to say your ID. You know, we got to put a face with a name, but get in your. Two months of bank statements, okay? Full pages, not like a couple here, a couple there. They need to see everything, what's coming and going throughout that time to show that that money's there, if that happens to be how you're doing it. Just seeing your transactions. Your pay stubs, W-2s, past two years, they always look at two-year history. Let's just put that down. So bank statements, W-2s, your assets. What do I mean by assets again? What's your down payment coming from? And your closing costs. Okay, so don't forget that when you're looking at the money, if you're saying, oh, I'm FHA, I'm just going to put 3.5% down, great. What about the closing costs? Remember, you've got that 12 months of escrow for your taxes and your insurance. And then you also have all those third-party fees for title, docu- you know, ta- documentation, mortgage, the deed. All right? And I said pay stubs. I got all that, right? You got it. Um, all right. So, and if, I will throw this out there because we talked more about W-2s. But if you're self-employed, be ready to have your Schedule C. Be ready to have two years tax returns. Be ready to have your profit and loss. You don't have one? All right, let's talk about that. We have a template that can help you with that too. So, But again, if you need to create it, this is even more of a wake-up call to yes. start. Start now. Don't wait till the process because... Yeah, because once you fall in love with the house and then you got to make your P&L, mm. you just... Set your sights on a different house. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> it's too late. Again, I will always hashtag know before you go. It's so, you've got to know, so get that stuff ready. Even if you're like, well, we're thinking about it. So we're thinking about it in a couple months. That's great. Work on it now. Like Jessica mm-hmm. said, work on it now. It's only going to put you in a better position. All right. So did I do my job? You did a fantastic Thank job. you. Thank you, ma'am. All right. So let's let's take it over to now. You are shopping with Jessica shopping with your realtor you find your dream home you've got your pre-approval in hand it's in hand because guess what your realtor always has it i always Mm -hmm. tell my people listen i can send this to you but i can send it to your realtor too go ahead and have them send it to your agent because yes we we're going to need it anyway (coughs) because as soon as you're under contract i have to send a copy of all the contract documents to your lender so they can start processing your mortgage so Send your agent your pre-approval as soon as you get it in your hands or ask your lender to email it directly. Yeah, I always make sure I say I can send it to them directly just because I know you're going to need it. And it's one Mm -hmm. less thing your realtor has to do of, hey, Susie, 
Can you know that pre-approval letter? Can you send it to me? I need that document. No, they already have it in hand, and they don't. Ha that's one less thing they have to ask for, and they can act quickly for you and on your if, behalf. You know, if your agent and your um, if your agent and your loan advisor, if they don't already know each other, then this also gives them a chance to make some introductions while the house hunting is going on, and you know, figure out everyone's um, kind of method and processes. Because I like to have those conversations with agents or with loan officers that I haven't dealt with before. It's like, okay, what's yeah. what, what's your process? What's your level of communication like? How do you alert me of the different steps whenever you order your appraisal? Yada, yada, yada. Yes, it's nice when your realtor knows where you are in the process because the last thing your realtor wants is to have sleepless nights going, oh my gosh, are we gonna get this in time to close? Are we gonna make closing? Are we gonna have to extend closing? That's not what anyone wants. So it's one of those your lender can <laughs> keep keep that your realtor up to date on what's going on so that they know and they feel a little more secure in the process and it's one less stressor. I mean, it really is. Nobody wants unnecessary stress. No, gosh, no, 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 no. All right, lady. Okay. So you've got the pre-approval, you found the house. Now, how do you make this sucker look beautiful? Uh, we need a winning offer to present yes. to a seller. Yes. We want that seller to pick us. So there's a few things that we can do. Any, all, none, it really depends on your comfort level, depends on the property in question, depends on your financial situation, but there's lots of things you can do. So obviously number one is purchase price. I kind of talked about before, this really is not the time or the market to lowball someone oh, and say, yeah. well, if they want more, they'll come back to us. No, not now. that's not gonna happen. So. You can pull, you know, have your agent pull comps, see what's going on, especially in the last, you know, six to eight months. Most recent is, you know, more relevant. Um, so, well, the house across the street sold for, you know, 50,000 less a year and a half ago, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, so pull comps, see what you're comfortable. Uh, my question that I ask my people is, what's it worth to you? Yeah. How long are you gonna That's be in this question. home? And that really, you know, helps me advise of how strong they need to be in their purchase price. If this is like, well, we'll probably be here about three to five years and then we'll be ready for something else. Well, maybe it's not gonna be as strong of an offer. Maybe, you know, we put that chance of not getting the house. Mm -hmm. um, but if this is gonna be a home that you're gonna be in for, you know, five, 10, 15 years, let's go in strong. The market, we're, again, we're not seeing any kind of, you know, housing market crash, all is good. So we can yeah. put in a strong offer, you're gonna get that equity back out, the values will come up to meet your purchase price. So that being said, strong purchase price. Uh, closing credit, we talked about this. Yes. If you can, which you should, <laughs> just leave it off. Um, you know, that's something that the seller has to factor into, so you could like, send off this great offer, but if you're asking for 5,000 back in closing costs, well then that just comes out of the seller's bottom line and it'll just be easier for them to say no. Yeah. So it does kind of muddy up the contract a little bit. It depends on, you know, again, the house and how competitive the buyer pool is at that time. Mm -hmm. But if you can leave off that closing cost credit, pay it yourself, be prepared, save your money. Um, inspection terms, that's something else that we can play with. Um, we could 
go as extreme as writing a special sales contract, meaning as is, where, you know, we're not going to ask the seller to do any inspections. We're not going to do any inspections. We're buying it as an as-is property. Um, I've gotten a few of those on my listings where, you know, the house is beautiful. We were expecting, you know, to negotiate some inspections, and we got an amazing as-is contract, and my seller happily accepted. She didn't have to do anything. Um, So that's a great way to win an offer. Um, You can kind of play around with those terms a little bit as far as, well, maybe we won't go as far as doing a special sale contract, but maybe we'll say, hey, um, we will only ask for items um, valued at 500 or $1,000 and up, meaning we're not going to nickel and dime the seller. We're not going to ask for, you know, the GFCI outlet in the kitchen to be fixed. We're not going to ask for, you know, the, the tricky front door lock. We're not going to, you know, little things that... That maybe you did when yeah. you bought, you know, like long ago maybe that's you did that before yeah now it's before maybe it's like everything that came up in inspection is like you know what let's let's ask for most all of this yes not now no because all those things add up so if we write it where you know we're not going to ask for anything valued under you know 500 or a thousand dollars and that means we're really mainly looking at those big ticket items is the hvac in working order yes um does is the electrical panel does it need to be replaced Um, Are there major structural things? So if that seller is confident that, you know what, I've been keeping up my house, it's in Mm -hmm. good shape, then that makes your offer look good. Yeah. So um, there's some other things that we can do with those inspection items. We can either say that, hey, we will negotiate this out. We can eliminate the walkaway clause that's in there. Um, Normally, you have three options with inspections. You can either negotiate repairs. You can say all is good. We're not asking for anything or you can say we terminate. So we can remove that walk away. We can remove the terminate wow. clause. Yeah. Which again, makes the offer look good. That way they the seller knows it's not gonna go back on the market after inspections. Yeah. Um, and be flexible on the closing date. Um, most of my clients, most of my sellers right now, they are holding off buying a house or no, they're holding off selling their house until they find something to buy. Like everything is this domino effect yes. because inventory is low. Um, so let's say, for instance, that you found a house that's on the market and that seller is having a home constructed and they've got a completion date of like three months out or two months out or whatever it mm-hmm. is. And they're like, you know what? We'd like to stay in this house We'd like to have a you know a 60-day close. Can you be flexible with that? I know that you're ready to get into this new house that you're buying, but if you can be flexible with the seller of you know adjusting that closing date to make it convenient for the seller, then that also helps your offer stand out. Oh god, meeting the terms of the seller, absolutely. It my speaking to that, my cousin literally got we were together and she got um from her realtor and said, hey, uh, could you maybe move it up a little bit? Now, she was the seller, but the buyer wanted to get in and she's waiting to build. So she really, um, but for her, she got such a strong offer, got over asking. So it's vice versa. The buyer actually asked, cause she didn't, she really like, okay, we can sell it this time. 
and the buyer and she she went out so the seller came out and she was flexible with the buyer so different kind of i just realized as i said that but flexibility the, but it was flexibility on both ends and you know even though she has to wait for her home to still be built she knew she couldn't wait that long mm -hmm. but she's like but they were so nice they paid over asking like that kindness of course you know what i'm going to pay it forward they did all this they didn't ask for anything i'm going to go ahead and give them that date that's a whole Again, give and take if you go into this with the attitude of it's going to be a great deal we're gonna or you know we're going to be fair to the buyer to the seller whoever the other party yes. is it really does tend to work out in your favor when i encounter clients that just I'm going to get all that I can and I'm going to be greedy with this. If, you know, the sellers, if they're, you know, we're going to max out and we're not going to give the buyers anything, it just doesn't work well. It always seems to be those are the difficult deals. Those are the ones where you got two people that are digging their heels in the ground and not budging, not coming to terms when the things that they're fighting over is really not big deal in items. In the grand scheme in of things. In the grand scheme of things, like this is not a big deal. Like, no. you can give a little. And then something will happen later on in the process where you'll be glad because then they'll give they'll to give, you. They'll give, yeah. Always. Um, oh, my gosh. Literally, I think we could keep talking about this. Of course. Um, but Always. I think that, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's about time. So our homeowner tip this week. Now, I know I was talking about, but we've talked about it. I was just going to go back to getting all your stuff lined up. Like the tip of, but... I mean, we already gave that tip earlier. You know what? So. But you know what? This is a good life tip in general. Have your documents organized. You know where your things are. There we you go. Know, this is something, and I do encounter this more often than I would love to admit, but people that, it's like, hey, you know, title company needs, I don't know, random stuff yes. from five years ago. Do you have this? receipt and lien waiver from whenever you had your roof replaced you know 12 months ago and they're like yeah i don't know where that is get your stuff together oh my gosh make yourself a home binder if you don't have okay here we go if you don't have a home binder <laughs> where you keep all of your receipts have worked onto your house your closing statement whenever you purchase the house all of your your survey that we talked about yes. yesterday, you get a copy of your survey at closing. You need a home binder. And if you don't have one, reach out to me and I will hook you up with one and I will help you set it up. I will teach you how to keep it organized and I'll keep on top of you every year. What have you had done to the house this year? Did you put that receipt in your binder? I, I will love, keep you accountable. I love that tip because how many let's you say this and then we'll wrap this up because i know we've gone over time um but that you said that down the road maybe you did have to purchase at a higher interest rate you might want to refinance later i'm telling you have that home binder because when we have to ask for title comes back and this is here this is here you have to have sh show proof of that or depending on what your income is have those award letters for social security or have those award letters for the VA, VA benefits because you need that to show your proof that you've been given that. And that takes time. And all that time is just eating up you closing on right. time or risk losing something. So I mean, really, this is a you binder. Yeah. This is, yes. these are your, I mean, your bank statements, I wouldn't keep in there because you can get those online. You can get those, you yes. You can 
just a click of a button, I could have, I could get my bank statements on my phone. Yes. So I wouldn't do that. But your tax returns, of the last, especially the last two years, you can put the other ones in deep storage in a box in your basement. But in your binder, you need your most recent things. And oh, keep it up to date. Keep it up to date. It Go will save it. you. Yes, it will save you the, yes. Oh my gosh, that's a whole... That tip could just lead us into another <laughs> podcast. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. This is fun. I'm happy to do that. I, I like to keep people organized. So yes, please don't hesitate. Like Jessica, help me. Yes. Reach out. Reach out again. Subscribe, follow, like us, comment, give us feedback. Um, are we entertaining? Are, are you at least getting some educational tips? I would hope so. Um, but are you having fun listening to us? We'd love to hear from you. Please email phone a friend send a pigeon just let us know i would say <laughs> you know i would say send a pigeon just let us know how snail mail um all that good stuff so thank you so much for joining us and until next time i'm jamie and i'm jessica <laughs> have a good one see ya bye bye, bye.